Rencast number 11, Nebraska Renaissance Fair, part 2. Another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan from atthefair.com. That's fair with an E on the end. And this is the Rencast show number 11, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that verily anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Rencast. Before we get started with today's show, I wanted to take a moment and tell you a bit about what you can expect from future episodes. To finish off our 2006 season, I'll be presenting a multi-part episode focusing on the Castle of Muskogee Oklahoma Renaissance Festival, and then we'll visit the Renaissance Fair of the Midlands in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Meanwhile, I'm also working on video episodes dealing with visits to events this year in Oklahoma and Nebraska. Teaser episodes have already been uploaded to YouTube.com, and you can search in iTunes to subscribe to them directly and get higher quality versions. It's really up to you. I expect to be presenting a new video podcast called A Day at the Fair, which will contain similar videos moving forward. The Rencast, of course, will continue, most likely by using audio from the new video show, so more details on this later. Previously on the Rencast, we spoke to some of the folks who participated in the 2006 Nebraska Renaissance Fair held in Omaha. Today, we'll finish up our visit by talking to even more of the folks who participated in the 2006 Nebraska Renaissance Fair, including... My name is Glenn Day. I represent Dundee Bee Honey out of Red Oak, Iowa. I'm the beekeeper here. Okay, what what type of stuff do you have? I'm only selling one line of stuff, and that's honey. Honey, the keep best. it simple. That's right. All right. I also have some honey sticks, but my pr- primary goal is to sell pure local honey. Now, have you done this at many Renaissance festivals? Uh, I was at Nebraska City uh, this year, and I was I've been to uh, the one in Castle Bluffs, okay. uh, Ren Fair of the Midlands for the last three or four years. Okay, what's your favorite thing about having honey at a Renaissance festival? I think it's natural product from the era. Oh, yeah, that's right. One of the few things that actually existed. And not that there's anything wrong with popcorn, but uh, popcorn is a new world item and honey is definitely an old world item. And popcorn is much better when it's dipped in honey. I think so. And how can somebody learn more about you guys and what you do? Uh, You can contact me at 402 558-8631. And you sell to the public? I sure do. Good dude. Thanks for your time. You bet. Did you get a sample? No, actually. Hey, what can I say? I'm just not one to pass up a free sample of honey at a Renaissance festival. Now, speaking of honeys, there's a honey of a performer that shows up at most of these festivals, and she was here this year. I am the forking queen. <laughs> <laughs> I am the forking queen! And that better? <laughs> do I need to ask what you do? <laughs> I do forkings. And tell me, tell me what that is. Forkings entail a ceremony to become a knight or a princess, and then you receive a golden fork that has a lovely gem on it, along with a certificate of, of authenticity. That wasn't easy for me to say. It's the wind and the sun, and I'm dying of thirst. Now, everything in your little encampment here is fork. You've got a fork yes. crown, forks on pikes, and fork. Just everything is fork-themed here. Fork-themed. You have, a, you have a thing for... What's wrong with spoons? Oh, that would be the children. Actually, the children are my children are sporks. Sporks, there you go. Princes of sporks. Gotcha, I see. All right, and uh, what's your favorite thing about doing this at a Renaissance festival? I think the children and and being able to go out in costume and making the costumes and just seeing people's faces and how happy they are and how much fun they have. Now, how can somebody learn more about the Forking Queen? Um, 
probably go to the at the fair.com and <laughs> just search for the Porky Queen pictures. All right, or Google, Google me. Google for Google, Google the Porky Queen. I think Google now we've me. crossed ratings. Anything Google else you'd like to add? Uh, no, just come out and see me sometime, and I'll fork you for free. There you go. Thanks a lot. If because if I charged, it'd be illegal. <laughs> All right, have a good day. Good day. See you later. If you have no idea who she is, uh, do go to At The Fair and look up the uh, Forking Queen pictures, usually under the Entertainers Gallery from Nebraska, Iowa Renaissance Festival, and some of the others there. And just kind of take a look. I, I think that'll explain a lot. Moving right along, we turn back to merchants and artists, sometimes one and the same. My name is Mary Jo Guggenberger. I represent Primitive Origins, and we sell hand-sculpted, hand-painted dragons. Okay, uh, you're working on one right now. And I'm working on one right now, yes. Um, we do paint on site and do offer custom painting, but right now I'm just kind of working on stock for the tent. Okay, so how long have you been doing this? We have been working with these dragons. This will be our second year now. Okay, so it's it's relatively new. Relatively new, yes. We designed the dragon. We have it uh, hand sculpted in Thailand. The material used is called a teakwood compound, which isn't available here in the States. It's a clay made up out of the wood powder of the teak tree and a bonding agent, and then it's all sculpted over a wire armature with sheet metal laid in for the wings. Oh wow, and then you go and you give it this nice uh, fancy paint I job. paint them. We went with the theme of the elements, so we have blue representing water, red is your fire, green is your earth, yellow is your air. We also offer a black, which is a spirit dragon, and purple will be a chaos dragon, which will bring balance oh. to your life. Okay, and what's your favorite thing about doing Doing this at a Renaissance festival. Oh, I love the people, the how, atmosphere. How can somebody learn more about you guys? Go to the Renaissance fairs. There yes. you go. <laughs> it's always that. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only Renaissance festival person with a website. Hey, look, pirates. We are the Ministry of Petty Offenses. And we tend to harass patrons by charging them with little tiny crimes that no one cares about. You know, walking and chewing bubble gum. Uh, carrying concealed weapons of, you know, plastic forks and spoons. Talking to strangers. Oh, good. the public, all that sort of thing. All right, and how long have you guys been doing this? We have been doing this. This is our third summer, third summer of doing Ren Faire. All right. Why Ren Faires? Ren Faires are an incredibly uh, fun atmosphere to be in because everybody is so willing uh, to suspend the everyday world, get out there, have a good time, pretend to be somebody else. And make complete fools of themselves. Themselves. Yes, exactly, yes. yes. All right. Yes, basically, and we like to dress up funny and irritate people. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, then you fit right in. Okay, and how can somebody learn more about you guys? Uh, you can visit our website at www.ministryofpetty.com. That's one way, probably the best way. Um, that's a good way to do it. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> it's probably the best way, actually. Yeah. Any closing comments? Uh, boy, we really love being out here, and we hope that everybody will come out not only to visit us at the fair, but to visit all the other fine acts, entertainers, vendors, uh, food salespeople, and craftspeople that are out here as well. Kissing up to everybody. I yeah, like it. Yeah, you got to. You got to. <laughs> Thanks for your time. No Thank problem. You. Thank you. Have you ever wondered what kind of person will let crazy folks like us roam around on their property, wear outlandish outfits, and do the stuff we get away with at Renaissance festivals? You know, I wondered that too, so uh, I found out. I am Diane, and I am the owner of the property. Ah, 
so scary you guys acres. Have we scary own scary acres. acres yeah. Okay, tell me a little bit about scary acres. Um, I know it as the place where the Nebraska Renaissance Fair is, but obviously it's something more than that. It's also a haunted attraction. And when does that usually run? Se middle of September through the end of October. Oh, like around Halloween time. Yes. It's a good good time of the year for that. And how long have you had scary acres? Five years. Five years. Okay. And um, you have a castle. Yes, we do. We like the castle. Now, we like the castle because it's a really cool backdrop for these Renaissance types. Yes. But I gather on the inside it's more like a torture dungeon. Is that? <laughs> oh, yes. You have to come see it in September. So everybody that's visited the Nebraska Renaissance Fair this year and the previous year that's seen that castle, and we can't go in it, well, we can come back in September and October. And yes, actually you can. take the haunted castle tour. Yes. How can somebody learn more about Scary Acres? We have a website. It's down for renovation right at this moment, but it's usually up www.scaryacres.com. Excellent. Are you getting along with us Renaissance types? Love it. It's right. awesome. Are we buying enough sodas for, from you? Sure are. Okay, but we can always buy more, right? That's right. All right, in that case, I'll have uh, bottled water. Okay. okay. Now, those of you that have followed my podcasting career know that I also did a series of video podcasts on one of the Iowa-based haunted attractions right here in Des Moines, so maybe I can make it out to Scary Acres this year and do something with them and finally see what's inside of that castle. Now you'll notice at the end I bought some bottled water. I don't want you to think that that was the only type of beverage or food available at the Nebraska Renaissance Fair. Why, there was a whole food court of good stuff to have. I'm Bonnie Gosh and I make lemonade. What's the name of the place? Hey, Humphrey's Concession. Just lemonade? This is a lot of room. You're talking about you personally uh, make lemonade. I personally make lemonade, but we have funnel cakes and we have flatbread sandwiches today. All right, and you can do even more at bigger festivals? Absolutely, we can do whatever anybody wants. Okay, now obviously you don't bend entirely at Renaissance festivals, right? No, we do other festivals also. Okay, what's your favorite thing when you're at a Renaissance festival? Why do you like Renaissance festivals? Oh, I just like the acting, because we do a lot of acting in our stand. Oh, good, good. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add? Fun festival, we like to travel with the Renaissance. Ah, nothing beats a good period-correct Renaissance-era funnel cake. And now I'd like to apologize for what's about to come next. Hey, I'm Rigor Maltese. At best guess, I would say I am uh, chauffeur to the living challenged. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, for more years than I care to remember. Or care to admit? Do I have to admit anything? You don't have to admit anything. Okay, I plead the fifth. Now, how did you get started with Renaissance festivals? Dungeons and Dragons. Really? Yes. Imagine that. They told me that could lead to more. I know. It leads to harder things. Kids, stay off of Dungeons and Dragons. And you got, uh, so next thing you know, you were a street character. I was always a character, and I was a street walker, so it just made sense <laughs> to put the two together, and they made me a street character. Now, what's your favorite thing about Renaissance festivals? People coming to see me. Yeah, and you get that a lot. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the only reason everybody comes to these fairs is to see me? I think that, yeah, you're probably right there. Uh, that's what I thought. All right, any closing comments? Uh, yes. Get off your butt, quit playing on the computer, and go to a Ren Fair! Rigor Mortis is one of the uh, street characters that I got to know when I first started going to these festivals in Iowa around 1997. Usually seen with his horns and pulling or pushing a body or a death cart or hollering out, bring out your dead. You get the idea, just to one of those nice and friendly folks that you really don't want to hang around with. But we won't hold that against them. Well, enough horsing around. Hi, my name's John Gill. I'm part of the Horseman Comedy Troupe. Uh, we are a street performer uh, troupe with the Renaissance Fair that we go to about 10 Renaissance Fairs a year. 
final up there. Now, I tried to interview you guys for the very first Rincast about a year ago in Amana Colonies. That's and it, true. It, it crumbled and turned into just a massive mess. That's but because you tried interviewing more than one of that's, us. See, this is why I've got you here. <laughs> now, tell me a little bit about the history of the Horsemen. Where do you guys come from? Where well, did you start? We, we've been actually together for about 10 years, and that's because most of us are related. Uh, there's 15 members, and about eight of us are brother, sister, husband, wife. Uh, the rest are, you could say, adopted family. Okay. You know. <laughs> and what, what, who brought Renaissance festivals into this family? Um, actually, a friend of mine was trying to impress me, and with her boyfriend, and he's, she was like, "Here, you'd really like this. You'd really like this." And I, so, of course, I wasn't going to do this alone. So I brought my family involved, and we didn't like what they were doing. We wanted to do more performance, so we decided to start doing more performance instead of fighting, and that's how we all got involved. Okay, and so now as, uh, as some of the loudest street characters that I've ever seen, what is your thing that you think the horsemen are most known for? Probably knowing exactly how to entertain a crowd by picking one person out <laughs> and knowing exactly how to embarrass the heck out of them. Oh, embarrassment tactics. Exactly. It's all about embarrassment without... It's embarrassment without humiliation. Okay, and what is your favorite thing overall of life at the Renaissance Festival? Smiles. Smiles? Smiles. Only because you make them. Well, <laughs> actually, even when I don't... I love watching another performer work. I love watching another performer work when another performer can make someone smile. To me, that's just as much fun. Cool. And uh, how can somebody learn more about The Horseman? Uh, uh, Thehorseman.us uh, Or you can email... Uh, Tohamas at cox.net, but the, the, web, the web address is the best one. Yeah, because nobody can spell Tohamas. No. All right, and any closing comments? Uh, the horsemen rule. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> that I can use. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. If you want to hear what we're talking about, listen to the attempt at interviewing those guys at an after-hour dinner at the 2005 Iowa Renaissance Festival. Rencast, episode number one. So let's weave our story to something a little more peaceful and laid back. My name is Natalie Fairclough. I do various kinds of weaving from my warp weighted loom here to different card looms to finger weaving that I'm doing right now. Okay, now tell me about this huge apparatus that we're, uh, we're right next to. Uh, this is my new warp weighted loom. It's actually the first time I've had it out. Um, all of the weaving is done. See, the, the, the weights hold the strings down here. And so I pull the lever forward and I pass the shuttle through. And uh, that's the whole weaving process. And what does this eventually turn into when you're done? It eventually turns into cloth. Oh! Which is then made into, you know, the clothing that they would have worn back then. Okay, now how did you get into doing this? I mean, how did you learn to weave? Uh, well, basically, I learned to weave, uh, I met people through the SCA and uh, just other, other smaller groups that I've uh, come into contact with. They, you know, they, they were interested and I said, hey, I want a big loom, and they said, Okay, we'll build one for you. So, so the bigger the loom, the bigger the type of cloth you can make? Is that how it works? Well, uh, for, for this one, it's longer. I mean, for the smaller looms, it's basically just trim or belts. Okay. But for this one, you can actually make uh, with that, that uh, white across, which Excellent. is about, it's about 48 inches. Yeah, for, for those of you just listening at home. <laughs> all right. That's about 48 inches. And what's your favorite thing about uh, demonstrating at a Renaissance festival? Oh, I love teaching people what they didn't know. 
Yeah, you and mean people had to make clothing? <laughs> they didn't buy it all at Walmart? Walmart's not medieval? Yeah. Yes, in spite of my song, Where is the Renaissance in the Festival, sometimes there actually is a little bit of renaissance at a renaissance festival. So let's see if we can keep that rolling by looking at another demonstration of historically accurate professions. Scarlet the Harlot, enter at ye own risk. See, this is why we're here right now. This is for an internet podcast. Oh, swell. Yes, yes. So tell me about yourself. Uh, I'm a harlot. And what is a harlot? Uh, a harlot is a whore, but it's a nicer way of saying it. More oh. PG-13. Oh, and this would be historically correct, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Okay, and uh, how long have you been involved with your uh, business like this at festivals? Uh, this is the first one I've done as Scarlet the Harlot. Lady Scarlet has been to many other festivals. You went from a lady to this? <laughs> it's hot out here and I don't have to wear as much clothes. Uh, which do you like better? Mm, they both have their perks. How long have you been involved with festivals? Um, since I was 16, 17. I'm 27 now. Okay, so now we have to do math. Thanks a lot. This is my internet audience we're talking about here. That's true. Okay, and, and are you here with the group? Yes, Mars. Mars, and what is Mars? Uh, Mars is the Midwest Renaissance Society, I think is what it's in for. Midwest something? You should talk yeah. to him <laughs> okay. about that. All right, any closing comments? Uh, come visit. All right, thanks. Did she just use the term, did, n never mind, we'll just uh, move on. My name's Philip. Uh, most people call me Santir. Um, I'm basically uh, Norman, uh, Norman Miles uh, Milita, uh, basically what was came to be known as a knight. Uh, do living history here. Uh, basically, the time period is basically 1000 AD. What is this encampment that we're seeing? Uh, the encampment we're doing is uh, for the Medieval and Renaissance Society. We're based in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, we're focused on primarily the living history from Viking Age all the way up through early Renaissance, uh, showing the, the different uh, dresses people did, the different trades, the different crafts. Uh, you know, we have everything from myself, which is, you know, very early Viking Age, showing the armor and the combat, which we use, you know, wood and steel weapons for, up to Renaissance people doing uh, fabric weaving and different types of cooking. Uh, we have a blacksmith who will be here later this week. Uh, several different things, I mean, anything and everything, anything to show, the, teach the public in an educational way what the common person did. Okay, so this is the actual historical aspect of these entertainment festivals. Exactly, this is the historical aspect. Okay, and what, um, is, what is your specialty? What is all this, you're standing by all this types of, I guess, armor stuff. Uh, this is one of my uh, three spe things I specialize in, actually. Uh, this is the uh, basically the armor, weapons, weaponry, the, the armory, if you want to call it, uh, showing different types of armors. Uh, most of the armor's been made by myself, actually. And I'm seeing what looks like leather, chainmail, and... Plate. Leather, chainmail, plate, armor, uh, scale armors, which is a, in ah. the process of being made right now. Um, different types of weapons ranging from migration area all, era all the way up to Renaissance. Okay. Basically to give people an educational example of the, the, what people went to war with. Because wow. warfare was such a large <laughs> aspect of life back then. The Mars Group had a very impressive display their first year out in 2006, and when I saw them again in 2007, it had grown in size and complexity, and they're really doing some amazing stuff over there with some fantastic demonstrations. So be watching for the Nebraska 2007 video podcast to see a little bit more about them. But for now, let's step back to the Renaissance fantasy side and talk to somebody who's not trying to entertain us with actual history. Robin Hood. And Maid Marian. We're robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. Ah, sounds like a wonderful concept. And how long have you been doing this? 
Oh, since the Dark Ages. Since the Dark Ages. And in sooth, how long have you been performing at festivals? Oh. Six four, years? Six, four, four to six years. I four don't to know, six really. years. Now, we've track. only been getting paid for it for four years, but <laughs> we actually started volunteering Making six years ago. Making fools ourselves. Yes. Six years. And uh, what's your favorite part about being involved in Renaissance festivals? Making the day a little better for the children. Ah, for the children. That's what I do. I hand out little gold coins and plastic necklaces to the children. All right. And Maid Marian, what do you do? I look decorative. <laughs> okay. Any closing comments? Bring your valuables to the fair. I'll send you home later. And the rest, as they say, is legend. And well, I guess I kind of lied. We will go back and look at some of the folks that try to entertain us through history because there are a lot of living history encampments at this festival. We are the Brotherhood of Steel. Uh, we are a group that has been fed up with society, losing their sense of honor and integrity, and we try to bring things like that back into uh, how we conduct ourselves and treat other people. And how do you do that? Uh, basically lead by example. We, we try to live our, our lives by the, the code of the old ways. Okay, and what is the show that you guys do each day? Um, we do live steel reenactment. We, uh, we conduct ourselves on the field of battle as, as a tournament type thing, the way they would have in the old days with actual live steel. As opposed to a fight to the death because you just don't like somebody. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. And how long has Brotherhood of Steel been around? Uh, about three years. Three years? Okay. Now, yeah. who started it? Uh, actually, myself and my brother okay. and, uh, started it. And what made you guys think, you know, we should do this, and then we should do it at Renaissance Festivals? Uh, it, what made us decide is uh, we were partners on an EMS crew together, and we saw that the world was lacking in honor and integrity and uh, decided to actually do something about it. Excellent. And what's your uh, favorite thing about um, doing these presentations at our festival? Uh, the camaraderie. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, everybody here treats each other as if we're just one big family. Excellent. And how can somebody learn more about the Brotherhood of Steel? Um, we have a website and many flyers that can be picked up. And what is the website address? If you go to the Yahoo groups and plug in Boss Knights, B-O-S-K-N-I-G-H-T-S, and you'll get the listing or the Yahoo Groups listing for the Brotherhood of Steel. Ah, BOS, Brotherhood of Steel. Okay, yes. thank you for your time. Thank you. Indeed, the Brotherhood of Steel has a rather interesting reason for why they do the things they do. They also serve as paramedics at a lot of the small festivals in and around Iowa, which is always a plus to have somebody who understands the environment and can do something useful and teach people to be nice to each other. And if they don't, they know how to use weapons. I think it all works out pretty good. Switching from relatively new reenactment groups to one of the oldest and most well-known, we now take a look at the SCA. We are the Society for Creative Anachronism, the SCA. Uh, we are a worldwide organization that is a not-for-profit. Uh, we research and recreate the better aspects of the Middle Ages, everything from the chivalry, the martial arts, to metal casting, costuming, illumination, calligraphy. I mean, if they did it in the Middle Ages, uh, it, it was an art and science of some form or a martial activity. Uh, we've recreated it. We try to recreate it to the best of our ability using technology that they would have used. Okay, and tell us a little bit about this uh, gadget you have in front of you. Uh, this is a bobbin lace pillow. Um, actually, uh, this is a little bit later than our time period, which is 600 to about 1600. Um, Bobbin lace was towards the later part of the, during that time period in the 1500s, it became uh, more and more popular. 
Um, but you also had many other different types of lace making. You had needle lace, you had woven lace. Um, this is just another form of making it. Okay, so the techniques changed as they evolved on more ways yes. to make this lace. Yes, and uh, be able to do it quicker, better. Um, the thing was, is lace in the Middle Ages, especially during the later time period of uh, the later 1500s and 1600s, that was how you showed your wealth. The more lace you had on your garb and the more lace you had on your ruffs and your cuffs and your collars and all of that, the more money you had because lace okay. was not cheap. Yes, and certainly looks like it would take, oh, I don't know, about 10 years to finish <laughs> this piece you're working on here. So, so then this particular device would mm -hmm. have been like Star Trek in the year 600. A little bit. Uh, the concept is pretty much the same. You had to have a flat surface where you could put uh, the bobbins that were uh, had the thread wound around them. You had to have a place to be able to rest them. But the centerpiece is actually a um, cylinder, and the actual more period bobbin um, pillows were cylinders that actually rested in a cradle. Ah, okay. So this is, and this is, um, and the thing was is that they could just turn. You know, pick it up, turn it, and then just keep right on going. Pick it up, turn it, and then when they pretty much met their lace, either they were undoing the lace at the time after it had gotten to a certain point, pulling the, the quills, the pins out, um, and then just would keep going and going and going. They could they could do yards of this stuff. Okay, so the same type just, of thing, just mm -hmm. they've kind of advanced and exactly. evolved the exactly. mechanism behind exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. Hedgehogs are actually kind of the patron animal for bobbin lacers because hedgehogs have the little spines. Instead of like porcupines, they've got the smaller spines, and those were actually what was used to pin the lace to the pillow. Okay. So, wow. yeah, it's again, it's it's very intricate, but it's a lot of fun when you get going. And now we have proof that the SCA is not all big people hitting each other. So let's go look at one last living history encampment. Ryle McPebbles, Midwest Reenactors Association. And who is that? We're out of Des Moines. We do a lot of production. We help other people get bigger camps because we alone can field up to 10 to 15 tents. Okay, and... We, we enlarge other encampments and make everything look more So instant, instant village just out of water. Instant village. And how long have you guys been doing this? Off and on for eight years. Eight years? All right, and what do you personally do? I, I do the leather and clothing design and making of clo custom clothing, and we sell daggers, swords, whatnot. Okay, what's your favorite thing about Renaissance festivals? Where else can you go and cost young women with, and chase people with swords and not get a felony rap? <laughs> All right. Any, how can somebody learn more about you guys and what you do? By going to midwestreenactors.tripod.com and check out our website, take our survey. Well, I know I can't finish this episode without talking to our good friend Jeremiah. My name is Jeremiah, and I'm a leather dealer with furs, and I'm here selling a belly dancer, a, a, a leather skirt maybe. Okay, so this is a little different from the pouches and the eye yes. patches and belts. You did the, the leather things, look like the whole Xena look. Yes, yes. And, and the name of your shop? Is J&L Trading Company. And how long have you been doing this? About 10 years. 10 years, and do you like Renaissance festivals? Sure, yeah. Did you, did you start out doing Renaissance festivals? No, uh, living history, 1800s. Okay, why the switch to Renaissance festivals? More money. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Selling leather skirts yeah, to belly dancers? Yeah, to good looking women, yeah. Okay, what is your favorite thing about Renaissance festivals? Uh, good looking women. Oh, okay. <laughs> Any closing comments? Uh, no, just good looking just good women. women. How can somebody learn more about you? Go to my website, jltradingco.com. Hey, he hosts his website with me, so I gotta let him get a plug in, right? And lastly, 
one of my all-time favorite Renaissance Festival street characters. I'm Tib, and I'm a walking character, and I dance and I give out fairy stones. And you have wings! Yes, I do have wings! And uh, what is your role here in the village? Well, I'm part of the fairy court, ah, and I cause trouble. You cause trouble, you're the trouble fairy. <laughs> pixie. pixie! Trouble Pixie. Yeah, it's a little. Oh, okay, see I'm confused by that. And how long have you been uh, doing festivals? Oh, well I think about two years now. Two years, do you like it? Yes, I love it. What's your favorite thing about festivals? Oh, all the people. They're really? so much fun. And how many people are in your court that you come up here with? Oh, it depends. It varies from time to time. About six. Six? Yes. So we need six uh, large uh, nets or six fly swatters? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, any closing comments? Come to the fair. It's uh, wonderful. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time. So be sure to visit atthefair.com. That's fair with an E at the end, where you can browse over 36,000 digital pictures I've taken at Renaissance festivals around the Midwest, including this one. And if you want to drop me a note, visit anothercrappypodcast.com and send me some feedback. This has been the Rencast show number 11, Nebraska Renaissance Fair Part 2. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the fair. Another crappy podcast production. The music used at the beginning and ending of this podcast is Packington's Pound by the Iowa-based Orcs and Trolls Madrigal Singers. To learn more about this and other equally exciting podcasts, be sure to visit www.anothercrappypodcast.com. If you'd like some print to go with this audio, be sure to check out the Regional Renaissance Reporter, a quarterly magazine dealing with all things Renaissance festival-related, now in its third year. A one-year subscription is just $8, and two years is a mere 14 bucks. But those rates will be increasing soon, so subscribe today. You can learn more at www.renreporter.com. If there was anything else we had to mention or plug, we'd be plugging and mentioning it here right now. If you have something we should mention or plug, be sure to contact us because, well, we have space to fill. We now present the end of the podcast.